Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 393. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have the co-founder of the VMware Code Program, Tim Bondman, as my co-host. Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Doing good. Uh, both Corey and John are in other places today, so you know we're running through the, the bucket of co-hosts. So if you want to be a co-host and put your name on the list, reach out to me, let me know, because we're always great to have people on. Uh, so on the show today, we have Aaron Spear. Uh, Aaron Spear is going to talk to us about Sample Exchange. He's the original author of Sample Exchange, came up with the idea. That's now part of the code program. And so we have Aaron on the call. And Aaron is a staff engineer, works on Sample Exchange. Uh, he's part of the GTO Tools organization. So he works, in, I think, in engineering deep in our company and works on tools and technology. And so, Aaron, you're on the call. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Eric. I'm happy to be here today. Yep, yep. I know you've been on the show one other time, so it's great to have you back. And we're looking forward to hearing what's new with the sample exchange. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and now it's part of code as well, code.vmware.com. We can talk a little bit about that as well. Oh, that's kind of neat. Uh, but before we get to you, Aaron, we'll flip back over, do some news, talk a little, by, a little with Tim on what's been happening with code and a little bit of what's happening with GM World with regards to code and the hackathon. So, Tim Bonneman, thanks for also being here in the studio with me. How have you, how have you been doing? We're doing good. We're growing at a pretty healthy pace. Uh, we doubled the number of uh, Slack members um, since the uh, beginning of the year. Um, now 2,400 people on Slack. Um, we're uh, looking at uh, well over 60, maybe over 70 channels, um, Slack channels that cover a pretty broad range of uh, topics. Um, and uh, yeah, activity is picking up. Um, in total, we have over 3,500 people now registered uh, as part of the code program. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's good. Tim, maybe I'll ask you to be closer to the microphone, getting some feedback on chat that you're pretty quiet. I don't know if that usually an inch or two away. That's good. And maybe we get some feedback on how audio sounds now. Is that better? Talk, that say better? something else, Tim. Is yeah. that better? Okay. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. All right, well, we'll go with that, assuming that's good. So, right, uh, good growth on code, a lot of activity on Slack. I think that's good. Um, and if you look at the code website, I think that's also you know additional features to the code program there. Um, I know you guys went off to radio and did some internal presentation of code to radio. I think you picked up some more people as well during that show. What was your experience like with our internal engineers? Have we started to gain ground with regard to their participation? Well, first of all, it was great to be at radio. It's an amazing gathering of just uh, the top-notch engineers here at VMware. And, um, was great to 
um, to see the response. So lots of people from around the world, um, once they uh, become aware of the VMO Code program, um, they immediately come up with ideas of what they could do locally uh, with regard to um, programming and events. Um, and so we're in the process of following up with all these uh, great folks, and uh, hopefully that'll help us uh, expedite the process of rolling out internationally, which we have on the agenda for this year. Okay, we're going to switch mics. Move this to this one, and we'll see if we get a better signal on that. That might, might be on a mic that isn't. So I'll still get that. Well, that's good. I know that we picked up maybe 100 people at code from internally or some number like that, which I think was interesting. And connecting external engineers to internal engineers at VMware, I think that, that offers something. I think Slack is you know, focused on that as well, where we have both external people, and now this is a way for you to have a direct conversation with internal engineers, right? Yeah. Uh, which in the, in the past, we really haven't done a, a, a particularly good job at that. So I think that's you know, particularly interesting with regard to what value code brings to, to everybody that's a participant on it. VMworld, I know code is going to be at VMworld this year, and we're working on some of the stuff that's going to be happening. We're, I think, going to be doing a code fest. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like we're going to do a bit more than last year. So last year, for those of you who were there, um, VMware Code was present with a with a hackathon um, <clears throat> on one of the nights. And so, building on that success, we're expanding that. And uh, can we talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> I think we can. I think that we, we have some it. notion of what we're going to be doing there. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit um, bigger, and uh, both the hackathon is going to be bigger, but also the um, we're actually looking at a at a at a at a, at a theme or a thread that'll that'll uh, span the entire um, conference. So from you know in Vegas from Monday through Thursday, there's going to be every day there's going to be developer related um, activities and events. So uh, should be super exciting. And and we're doing the same for Europe as well. Right. Right. Well, I think the biggest difference between last year's hackathon and this year. Uh, is the idea that we're going to try to get most of the, that, including the hackathon, in Schedule Builder. Um, where last year, a lot of people, we got a lot of feedback that they didn't know what was going on. They would have loved to come. And last year, we had maybe 80 people at the hackathon. What's your target this year? I think we're looking at uh, well over 200. So, yeah, we're definitely more than doubling in size this year. Right. So one in the in schedule builder, so people can find it, and then two increasing the capacity because we did get a lot of feedback that you know yeah. maybe we would see double the number of people wanting to come and talk about it first. And also, and a lot of people just like to hang out, and it's, you know it has a bit of a party um, aspect to it. So some people just you know want to swing by and, and hang out, and we want to definitely accommodate that as well. So. So I know I heard one theme that we're talking about doing as part of the hackathon. So last year the feedback was that we got teams, we got in there, and we didn't really know what to do, right? It was kind of an open-ended environment. Are we going to – I heard we're going to try to change some of that, maybe have some themes. Yeah, so this year um, we're going to provide people who are interested in doing so uh, um, an opportunity to um, get some sort of kind of quick introduction into the – uh, whatever topic they're interested in. So I, I hear one is going to be the um, clarity, right? The, um, okay. Right. The, the, the GUI, you, you, yeah, yeah, GUI. Yeah, open source um, project. One yeah. is going to be on um, SDKs. Right? Okay. And right. um, another one on open source. 
um, um, various other open source um, um, offerings. And so it's going to be a very hands-on introduction, but it will give you the, um, the little bit of hand-holding you may need to then be able to fully dive into the, into the hackathon and be productive and build some amazing things with your team. Right. So the idea this year is get it in Schedule Builder, maybe have four sessions ahead of the um, hackathon so that you, you, you sign up for one of those four sessions yeah. based on that theme. You get some education about the APIs and kind of some initial framework source code that you can build upon for each of those areas. And then there was one that I found that was particularly exciting was the Amazon Echo theme, where one of those themes was going to be how to build an Amazon Echo code that would control some amount of VMware products. Yeah, we recently had a, um, uh, an interview with one of our colleagues here who has been doing some tinkering with, uh, with Echo and, and integrating it with uh, integrating the voice controls with some of the VMware APIs. And so that's definitely something that's brewing in the community and we're hoping to make some progress at the end in Vegas. So definitely Monday night again, yep. right? My hair might go a little bit longer, maybe a little more time. I think we got some feedback there that uh, more time is better. So maybe we start a little bit earlier, go a little bit later, maybe till 1130, 12 midnight. Yeah. Yeah. I heard some feedback that people don't like that. Maybe from Europe, they're going to be trying to stay awake. But I figure, you know, if you're going to be jet lagged and coming from Europe anyway, your, your sleep is going to be all messed up. We'll, so. we'll make it worthwhile for sure. That's right. Maybe we'll have some cots or something or bed. Yeah. You know, can bag take or a little naps or something, right, during, during that. But it's still only going to be like maybe total time. If we started at 6.37 p.m. and we went to midnight, it's still only, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a marathon uh, hackathon. It'll be something a little bit more focused, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, hold on a minute. I think somebody's at the door for the studio, and I think it's locked. So it's one of those edit moments. Right. So we'll let them in. Maybe it was locked. We'll bring them in. Great. Okay. So interesting that a uh, little bit larger, more themed experience, and then, of course, Amazon Echo Code. That, that should be fun, right? Yeah. And the code program is actually growing, and the number of products we actually have that have developer APIs is actually now growing as well. And my favorite is the Wavefront API that we had on a couple of weeks ago. So uh, still, I think, moving forward, total number of people in the code program, you know, maybe five or 6,000 now. Is that, is that the number? I think that's a target for the end of the year. Yeah, that's a target for the end of the year. We're well on our way to, to, to hitting that. Nice, nice. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Good summary of where you're going with code. I like it growing organically. We're not uh, out buying mailing lists, right? We're just we're just no, building it's people. Organic. Making it's organic. It's people right. advocating for. We've got a lot of uh, people advocating on social media and, and, and saying nice things about it. So right. right. I know you guys have had some meetups as well. I, I, yeah. I saw I saw a meetup on VMTM video podcast. Yeah, so nice. we've been, uh, so my colleague Katie and I, we, we go to these events. We have, we host uh, meetups here at HQ, and we also go to um, uh, other uh, venues, and uh, we've been upping our live streaming game, uh, and uh, we're, we're getting good interactions on Facebook. And um, uh, last week was on the, the service mesh for microservices, which was uh, super interesting, and tomorrow night we're going to be at uh, JFrog in Sunnyvale. Uh, to hear uh, Ben Corey talk about the VM um, containers versus VMs, or rather, how to 
um, blur the boundaries between, or how his team has been blurring boundaries between containers and VMs. So that should be fun. That's tomorrow night. And if you go to the VMware code blog, you'll find all the details, uh, uh, where and when and how to get there. I know that we had uh, upwards of 10,000 people watch the, the live stream uh, a couple weeks ago, or last week, I think it was. Yeah, we get a lot of people. Um, some people just tune in for one talk or for just you know um, short bits of it, but um, we do get real interaction. So we, we now we're starting to see people actually ask questions afterwards and, and join into the Q&A. So that's really exciting. Nice, nice. All right, uh, last couple news items before we get on to Aaron. Um, one is VMworld News. The VMworld Europe Early Bird Special has closed. I think it closed yesterday, last night. So uh, now we're into full registration costs. You don't get that early bird. But I'll do a shout out to the uh, vmug dot, uh, vmug.com or vmug.org. They do have uh, that Advantage membership. So if you're looking for a discount for VMworld now, um, the early bird is over, but you can go get that VMUG Advantage membership, and then I think they give you some discount on VMworld registration uh, as part of that program. So you've missed the early bird, but you can register via uh, VMUG Advantage and pick up a, a you know $100 or some number off. I know that, so it's it's worth buying the VMUG Advantage because you you get the $100 off if you've already missed that. So that's one thing. Second thing in the news, content calendar opened yesterday. So the schedule builder hasn't opened yet. I don't know the date on when that opens, but I think in another week or so. But the calendar is up, so you can go look at all the sessions and start planning out what your priority is for the, the things that you want to go put in your calendar when schedule builder opens up. So uh, the content calendar is up. The list is up. Congratulations to all those people that got the sessions uh, that are up there. And we will be putting the VMTN tech sessions in the calendar as well as the all of the CodeFest elements will go in the calendar probably in the next few days as well. Our target is to have all that in before Schedule Builder opens up in another week or so. So that's news. Only other thing I got, thank you for WonderNerd, Tony. Um, for letting me know that Horizon 7.2 GA yesterday. I guess all the EUC champions are having fun with the new release. So you can go to the Download Center, pick up the new release, and go play with it. Uh, you can get your 90-day trial there. Or if you're a V-expert, you should have your, your full year trial license available to you. Uh, you can go pick up the Horizon 7.2 bits and have fun. We should probably have somebody on the show talk about Talk to us about what's new, but that ha that is now out there and available. All right, that's all I've got for the news. We'll open it up for anybody on the podcast. Anybody else have anything they want to share before we get to our guest, Aaron Spear? A little bit of quiet time there. It's always good. You can meditate. Kill some time. Nobody else has any more shout-outs? Go at once. All right. Very zen. It is very zen. Okay, moving on. We will get to our now our guest, um, who is again staff engineer, the original founder of Sample Exchange, uh, Aaron Spear. Aaron, welcome to the show. Glad to have you back. Thanks, Eric. I'm happy to be here. Yep, very, very nice. Um, so first off, uh, I always start with this for anyone new listening to the podcast. 
part of this podcast is to let community people know of other community people. So why don't you give us a little bit about who you are, how long have you worked at VMware, and how long have you been at the, in the VMware ecosystem as a whole? You bet. So uh, I, I am a computer engineer, got a degree in computer en- electrical and computer engineering, and uh, spent a bunch of years in the embedded systems world doing uh, like hard real-time embedded systems, that kind of thing. And then at one point in time as a consultant, I, I did a bunch of work for a tools company for mental graphics actually beforehand, and, and ended up uh, over a course of about 12 years being a tools architect and creating tools for, in that case, embedded systems developers. And I really kind of built a passion for tools just wanting the developers and the development experience to really be fluid and, and such. And uh, coming up on, I guess, six years ago, VMware recruited me from that job to come and work on tools uh, for VMware customers, VMware partners and stuff. So I've uh, been working for VMware for six years. I'm a part, as you said, of, of GTO, which is Globalization and Tools Organization. I'm in the tools part. And specifically, all of the stuff that on VMware code is related to uh, these days, uh, I'm doing stuff related to sample exchange as well as this new thing we have, API Explorer and such, and just trying to improve the, the experience for developers who are targeting the VMware stack. That is my thing. Nice, nice. And I would say, you know, it, it goes even beyond developers because I know, you know, part of sample exchange is any kind of sample. So when I go to sample exchange, uh, I see not only just, you know, pure code, but I also see uh, other other samples that are out there. So just do a shout out, code.vmware.com slash samples. And you guys have a nice sidebar that shows all the different types of samples you have and how many samples you've got uploaded, right? So sample exchange, one is for code, but there's also scripts in there. There's Perl scripts. There's there's things that are lightweight code or, you know, what I'd call scripting stuff versus heavyweight yep. code and, and beyond, right? Yeah, it, it really, the, the vision is anything that you could kind of construe to be something that somebody would use to build on the VMware stack. I mean, you know, there, there's a little different, it's amazing what it is that some people can do with, you know, PowerShell scripts or anything else or, or even Python scripts, um, arguably some, some pretty heavyweight integrations even built with those. So we try not to, to limit it. We rather, you know, some of that stuff is definitely more, like DevOps, like IT focused, as opposed to somebody who is using a, say for example, a Java API to to build up on top of, um, you know, given VMware products. All of that stuff can be posted on Sample Exchange. And the cool thing about it, or the thing that I'm most excited about it, is it isn't just people that are like on the VMware employees or product development team that can post content on Sample Exchange. Anybody can. And that really is is the the goal of it is to create community around that and really just build on that uh, momentum. Yeah, this kind of thing is also just like a, a labor of love, right? Because you know, you get yeah. started. In, <laughs> I, I, I tell people like you ba- you make a bunch of little kindling matchsticks, whatever, and you strike some rocks, and you eventually get this thing to light. And you know, maybe you have twenty or thirty things that the people are sharing, and then it's like just spending time yeah. and time and time and improving and getting people to upload. And it's one of those things that slowly grows, and eventually you can put on a bigger stick on a bigger log, and pretty soon you have a nice little fire going on, right? And as long as nobody manages yep. to dump a bucket of water on it, it actually starts to add a lot of value to people. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It has, I, I honestly, I still feel like, you know, there's, I don't remember what the number is right now. There's only, there's something like 600 and something samples on there right now. And that, that's just 
just beginning to scratch the surface. I mean, everybody knows that that what what people end up doing is they go to Google and start typing things and end up on somebody's blog or some other thing and they're finding samples that way or maybe they get some little snippet from Stack Overflow. And the hardest part is is just really um, finding something that is actually you have some idea is going to work. And so that really is the, the goal of, of curating all that stuff in one place and being able to enable everybody to, to find it. And then once that's available, my vision, and we haven't actually got to this yet, but this is the vision of where it is that I want it to go, is that, that those samples and APIs and other reference documentation, resources, SDKs, all of that stuff, is all available via web services. Um, and that really is the goal of what we're trying to do is create a way to access that content from just about anywhere. Where I was in my previous job with, with doing tool stuff is, is we created a whole IDE that, that had all kinds of great whiz-bang features in it. And one of the things that I really would love to do is enable people, whether they're writing PowerShell scripts or whether they're coding in Java or Python or whatever, to be able to, inside their editor, inside their IDE, be able to access this, this catalog of samples, uh, be able to find them really quickly, drop snippets in, and then also, like, right within the same environment, imagine being able to highlight a block of code and say, hey, this is a nice reusable little snippet. I'll contribute this back, and then thereby participate in the community. That really right. is, the, is the whole go is just building that momentum and enabling people to, to really get plugged in with the community with contributing around samples specifically. Right, and I, we'll get to that, but before we get to some of that, which I think is innovative, especially the way you've integrated into GitHub and so forth, but before we get there, maybe we should back up a little bit and just talk about, you know, when you first had the idea, like, you know, there's always yeah. this work of having an idea, when did you get the idea, and then yep. when you went to radio the first time, how did you manage to start it as yep. a little campfire? Well, yeah, so, so the awful truth about companies that build APIs is, is that, you know, you're, you spend all of your time focused, and this is definitely the case with VMware. We spent all this time building this really great technologies that we build into the products themselves, and we bit focused on these whiz-bang features that we build into the products themselves, and then somewhere near the end of the development cycle, somebody goes, oh, my gosh, we've got this API, and we've got to put together an SDK or something for developers. And so it ends up happening, and this is definitely the, 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 the case of VMware years ago, is that we just basically create what we call an SDK, which is basically a, a few samples cobbled together and thrown together into a zip file with some, you know, binaries and throw that over the fence once a year. Well, the, the difficulty with that is that, that that is completely opaque to the way that modern developers actually work, right? I mean, I was kind of looking at what I was doing as a developer, trying to use some new API or something that I'm just new to. I would go to Google and I'd start typing and say, here, uh, few keywords, VMware, API, vSphere, you know, clone VM or whatever it is, and then see what it is that I would find. And when you would do that with VMware stuff, you would find just about nothing. I mean, it, the, the results were, were, were really pretty poor. And so we were kind of scratching our heads going, well, what do we do to fix that? And it isn't that there isn't content out there, it's that you can't find it. You know, it's that the way that we were distributing SDKs and stuff just didn't line up well with the way that developers really work. And so when the, the vision for Sample Exchange was born was, hey, we really believe that samples and SDKs fundamentally, they ought to be open source, number one. 
and that even when they are open source, there ought to be a way for people to find them and discover them, and then not only the people in the product team to create samples, but um, the power users, the V experts, the people who, who actually really know how to use and, and, and deploy these products need to be the ones that are empowered to create samples. And so we created Sample Exchange as, as an index, really, of code that is out there with, with facilities for, to be able to easily contribute. Uh, so it's just a few clicks in a wizard. Once you have your little, your My VMware credentials, you log in, it's just a couple clicks to contribute a sample, and anybody can, can contribute that content. Yeah, right. And I think, I think that's, was, that's been an innovative way that I think you've, you've approached this problem, right? Which is uh, there's been plenty of places to go share code, right? You know, upload right. a snippet of code, upload it, you know. But, but what you did was actually looked at it from a, how to connect all of this, right? Yeah, to exactly. To the point of how to connect it into an IDE, right? So that I could just go grab it. So yep. how do I connect it to GitHub and share this stuff so that you're not trying to just be a repository. You're trying right. to you know, build a, an interaction model that allows you to have code in various places to be able to select that code, use that code, and then quickly upload code, or not even upload, but share code from where whatever location you actually have it stored so that other people can actually use that in a, in a programmatic way, right? Because yeah, exactly. the work... The work in finding code is, is finding it, right? You know, or using code is actually just finding it and having it at, having it at your fingertips. So, yeah. Yeah, and we, we really, I mean, for sure in the beginning we were kind of trying to figure out how to position it, and for sure we didn't want to compete, you know, with other repositories. You know, let, let, let the repositories that are going to happen as far as whatever the momentum is, let them be their own thing and then find a way to complement them. To connect it, as you said, and that's definitely what we've done with GitHub. Um, you know, there's so much momentum around what it is that that even VMware has really started to to pick up and do with GitHub, and that's really exciting. And with Sample Exchange, we're sort of seamlessly encouraging and working with this, enabling discovery of it, enabling integration into GitHub Flow, but then also making it easy for people to to use and to consume content if they're not. Uh, a developer who really wants to go and have a Git client installed and, oh, i got to clone and fork and figure out the things that are GitHub specific. You don't necessarily have to do that um, to find content on Sample Exchange, um, but you can. And that's, that's the whole point is really just enabling developers to be productive. So I, so I look at that now. You, you start this. You go to radio. Do you get positive feedback through that process? Oh my gosh, you know what's funny is it, it, at some level I'm standing up in front of a couple of thousand VMware engineers at, at radio and pitching the vision for this and, and really pointing at, at just the, the silliness as I was saying before about how we would package up SDKs and zip files once a year and throw them over the fence and the, the applause afterwards was just positively thunderous because <laughs> it's like everyone in the organization knew knows that this is a problem that that we have a mismatch with the way that the development world is really going and we need to fix it and this is a proposal for for a step in the right direction of how it is that we can you know, engage internal VMware engineers, VMware sales engineers, V experts, other people in the community into that process of creating sample code instead of it being something that's so static and so sort of gated. You know, it, it just, it, it, it was yeah. an idea whose time has certainly come. Now, now you experience that uh, and you get, 
you know, maybe a thousand people standing up and clapping, but then you face the reality of how do you get anybody to actually go through the work? Because it's like the idea <laughs> is always cheap, right? Getting people to actually take time to upload code, right? Because we're all busy. We all have lives, right? Yeah. And actually put stuff in place, totally different story, right? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that's still one of the struggles, and it's still a matter of getting the word out uh, internally inside VMware. Even, I mean, I'm, that's why I'm grateful for the opportunity to even talk with you and the whole community that you've got here uh, today is just to get the word out of this is a way, a way for somebody to publicize, you know, establish, even for the V experts, establish your reputation as an expert who knows particular code bases, be one that is contributing. And indeed, there are a whole lot of V experts that are doing that on sample exchange, which is awesome. So I look at the sample exchange here. You got a Perl 157 up, you know, different projects there, Python 98, uh, Java, I saw Java look pretty big as well, 134. right? 134. So Java still be is is the king on on all things uploaded. V, VRO 38 packages. Um, so so it's it's been growing, right? What's what yeah. are some of the things you learned through this process? Well, one thing that was interesting is that that when we initially rolled this out, I kind of had in my mind's eye, I was really just thinking about code, meaning some set of text files, you know, that a tool transforms into something executable, right? But, but uh, in the bigger sense, people were really interested in using this because it was a, a means that anyone could contribute packages of whatever it is, and then other people could consume it, upvote it, comment on it, ask questions about it, and then download it. What that meant is that people started actually asking me, oh, hey, can I take it and add uh, vRealize automation blueprints? Can I add VRO workflows? You know, can I do these other things that really were a kind of a different domain that we hadn't been um, considering initially? And, and so we added support for that stuff. And there are a bunch of VRA blueprints and that kind of thing on there. And, and indeed, because of the fact that we have like, say, for example, a, a REST API, and we sort of built this thinking, well, we really want this to be a service that you could use anywhere. There are some people that have done things like um, created a, a, a VRO um, plugin that, that enabled downloading VRA blueprints and installing them so that inside of vRealize Automation, you can get the catalog of blueprints that are on sample exchange, select one, and download and install it. You know, so then all of a sudden there's actually consumption models of how it is that you can use that uh, inside of, um, you know, an, an end product in that case, which is really, it's kind of fun to see how people are using it in, in different ways. So, so Tim, uh, does Aaron ever show up on Slack? Do you even have a Slack channel for, for sample exchange yet? Not specific to sample exchange, but I know Aaron's on our Slack and, uh, uh, we have been, I, I know we're still in the early days, but it, it, we're getting uh, from the people who, um, who already use Sample Exchange, they're, um, they're definitely believers. <laughs> and so we're trying to recruit them to, to, you know, to share with their, you know, their colleagues and, and their community. So um, I think it's still an under, um, uh, underrated resource, right? A lot of people are not fully aware that this exists, so that's our big um, responsibility this year to to just you know get the word out. Well, and I know that uh, uh, Aaron, back to your your original comment, which is 
even we have looked at it for the hackathon and said, hey, this would be a really nice place to upload uh, and, right. and have the information for the hackathon. So for the four themes that we're going to be doing, put the code up in sample exchange so that people that want to participate in the hackathon that aren't going to be necessarily at VMworld can still come to sample exchange and get all the material as al along with the code snippets. And then for the teams, actually put the teams in sample exchange so that when they're actually writing their code, they can actually upload it at the end and then have access to it later, right? So yeah. uh, there's use cases like this, which are actually interesting that like, hey, a repository, a, a really a SaaS service-based source management system here that I can actually use in conjunction with GitHub to actually yep. have something productive, which, you know, it's interesting that you point out that people actually look at it and go, oh, these are absolutely things that we can actually use it for, right? Yep. Yeah, that, that is exciting for sure. Now, marrying it back into, you know, I'm just going in directions here that I'm thinking about, which, you know, I don't know if this is the right thing, but when you marry it back into the API Explorer, for, you know, is there a crossover ah. between these two Oh, my gosh, yes. Environments? Well, so yeah, the, the, the bigger picture vision, of course, is not only, you know, not only do developers need samples, of course, but then there's the rest of the things they need in order to be productive. The samples are using some kind of an API, whether it's a REST API or a VMware SOAP API or whatever it is, it's using some API most of the time. And, and then also related to other things they need, uh, programming guides, development guides, SDK downloads, if there's some binaries that they need or whatever, um, and then, uh, of course, related samples. And that is one of the fun things about uh, API Explorer is that, that for the very first time, we have a single place where the ambition is, and I, I won't say we're there yet, the ambition is to have all VMware API surfaces in one place so that it's at least possible for developers to go to some place and say, okay, I, I have this product, what APIs does this product provide? And then be able to see those APIs and then click on an API. And then once you are at the API, you can see here are the development guides, here's the SDKs, here's samples that actually use that API. That, that's the division is, is tying up all of those pieces all together. Uh, for somebody. Interesting. And, you know, I, I guess I got to also say that in, in, from a usage, usage perspective, um, do you, you get into support? Uh, how do I, how do I, how do I ask questions, right? How do I interact with the guy that wrote this? Because, you know, every possible piece of code that I tend to use that's in a community area, I always have things I have to change and I always have questions yep. on what I'm actually consuming. Do we make some of those connections? Yeah, so so there is in in sample exchange you can actually comment on individual samples, um, and in API Explorer there is there are various ways that you can do some commenting. Um, there's actually a, a feedback. This is a little bit difficult to sort of have it uh, jump out at you as the way that you do this, but there is a feedback link at the bottom that uh, and the entire code site, right? That if you click on that feedback link. That feedback is actually contextual. So if you want to complain about some inaccurate API documentation, you can actually click on the feedback link at the bottom of the page and do that. And I would absolutely encourage anyone to do that. Um, the reality is that, like, if you look at the top of, of API Explorer, and I guess maybe I should, here I'll post that, uh, I'll post that link in the, uh, in the 
chat or something. Um, if you look at, at API Explorer, that one is, is in beta, quote, in beta, which basically means we know that the content isn't perfect, but for sure something is always infinitely better than nothing, right? <laughs> Mathematically, having something is better than nothing, and that is a lot of cases what, what people were sort of scratching their heads just trying to figure out, well, how do I even figure out the APIs and what APIs are there? It was a difficult uh, prospect previously. Right, okay, all right. And, and this is what I, I, I would say about this is that um, this whole system in general we used to have sharing code on DMTM, right, the community forums. Then we had upload areas that you could share code. Uh, but the problem is you don't have version control. You don't have good comments connected to the AP APIs. And so yep. on one hand, I know we have, we have DMTM forms embedded into code. Um, I know you have comments built in. And what you're saying is if I want to, I can, I can go down to the bottom, click on a, a – a link that is contextual so that I can add additional questions or comments. Um, yep. Do we have, you know, I see contributors there, right? And you can see who contributed what code. Do we have a link? Does that link to anywhere where I can read about the contributor and figure out what he is on Twitter and tweet to him? Uh, how do you manage the profiles of the contributors themselves? Well, those are definitely, they're, they're, it's a, we're, we're using the same identity as you know, it is the community's identity. It's the com you have to have a community's username and profile in order to be able to uh, uh, post a sample. You don't actually have to have any login or anything to, to look at the samples, but as soon as you want to contribute, you do need to have a community's profile. And so if you click on one of those, those authors, you can actually see some information about them. You can see their community profile. You can see uh, the, actually their GitHub profile if they've got one. And then you can click and end up in communities and see the other stuff that they have put in their, in their, um, you know, in their, right, their like, profile. I'm, looking, I'm just dr drilling down on the site right now, codes.vmware.com slash samples. And I clicked on William Lamb. Why not? He's the guy that we always like to put up there and pick on. But uh, and I'm looking, he has 171 samples in there, and they're all rated, and there he is. So I'm kind of drilling down on uh, all the stuff about William, which is, which is cool. So you've done that VMTN. I didn't know this. I didn't ask it for this reason, but you've done the VMTN uh, profile integration because I can see that William Lamb, is, William Lamb is a guru on VMTN. I can right. see his profile. I can also see his GitHub profile. I wonder yep. if I click on his GitHub profile. It does. It takes me to the, his GitHub profile. So there you go. And I can yep. see all the projects. So if you have a GitHub profile and I want to submit it to Sample Exchange, it basically just asks you for a reference to your code up on GitHub, right? It doesn't make a clone of it or copy of it on Sample Exchange. No. Yeah, no. No copies. Yeah. So we're, we're just linking to content on GitHub. Um, basically, it's all sort of... Um, if you log in to Sample Exchange with your My VMware credentials and then click on, on Sample Exchange, you click on an Add Sample button, one of the first things you can do is you can select, well, what, what kind of sample do you want? You can, you've got a few options. You can just paste something from the clipboard if you wanted to, and in which case we actually host that on GitHub for you. Or you can link your GitHub account with your My VMware account. It uses the, the GitHub uh, OAuth 
support to be able to link your accounts. And all we do is we, you know, get a listing of of the uh, the organizations that you you belong to that have public um, facing repositories. So if your company that you that you work for has public repositories, you can actually contribute samples out of any public facing repository in GitHub that you have access to, your own personal ones or or any public facing one. And you can contribute GitHub gists as well. If you have any gists, which is GitHub's little snippet mechanism, if you have any of those created in your account, you can contribute those too. I see on the on the main page where I'm on sample exchange that I can also sort by a couple different categories, which I see popularity, which is pretty interesting, but there's other ones. And then I'm looking at the number that you have the download counts there for some of these uh, some of these downloads, and the most popular one has right. over 3,000 downloads. VCheck vSphere, right? Um, yeah. But a lot of other things are in the three to four thousand downloads. So this actually actually ends up being a driver for people's for people's uploads, right? Because this is a place right. if you've got an API that you've written or just a script you've written, you know, you can you can potentially get it out to thousands of people here. That's right. Yep, and that that is that is the hope. I mean, at some level, that that metric is is almost the downloads is a little bit misleading because all it is that we're able to track is the number of times that people have clicked download, um, but. What we can't track really is like if some all this content, for example, is all on GitHub. So if you look at, right. you know, Alan Renoff's VCheck vSphere sample is is the the most popular one. If you click on that, you could go to GitHub and clone that or fork that on GitHub and directly access it. And we don't have any way of sort of counting that. But we're trying to give you know provide just a, some bit of metric of of what people are looking at and what. Uh, how many people have like uh, explicitly, like while logged in, have favorited, you know, some given sample or something, so that there really are is just some way to 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 get get an, an indication of popularity. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm drilling down at this as well. You have change logs that you expose, so you can see a lot of information about what you're actually going to go get, which is actually pretty good. I'm not sure if it's if it's that robust. I'm, I'm obviously on Alan Renouf's you know, VCheck, which gives me the whole history of the change log, which is which is really, really kind of nice to see, and the comments. Um, I don't know if you've done such a good job on others. I should go click around and look at that. But I would say it's a pretty nice platform, certainly way better than what we've ever had on VMTN with regard to, you know, tracking and, you know, connecting to GitHub and all of the niceties you have. You have a nice lot of nice yep. bells and whistles here. Where do you think you're going to go with this? I mean, you're you're working on it. You're working on it full time. I know that. So, yep. uh, and you're obviously looking at API Explorer, and you've talked about those integrations. Any other things you'd like to share with regard to where you might want to go with this? Yeah, I mean, one thing that, as I, I at least mentioned in passing before, VMware is in the middle of of a whole sort of process of reinventing ourselves with our relationship to open source in general. And so what that means tangibly is that there are just about every SDK that VMware offers is on its way towards being open source and on GitHub. That is the really exciting development, I think, for Sample Exchange, for instance, because what it means is that then there is this body of open source code that are samples that somebody can really easily have a, a workflow of 
well, this sample is almost what I want. I just want to fork it and then tweak it a little bit to do some other innovative thing and then be able to contribute that back easily. We really want that workflow right there so that we, we sort of reach a critical mass of people being involved with it. And so all that to say that the official VMware samples are more and more of them as, as we engage with different VMware business units are, are being released on sample exchange as well as, as being pushed on GitHub. And so you can find the content um, in both places. Of course, the, as I was saying before, I mean, sample exchange is an index that points to GitHub. So the content really lives in GitHub, and then um, we are, are exposing it to you and giving you other resources. So yeah, that's definitely exciting with the teams being involved and uh, across the, the company and, and getting the word out. Yeah, I would say that's actually pretty interesting, a trend that you know we don't talk enough about here is the fact that VM really is taking open source seriously now, right? And anything that's really an API serious. that we're building, uh, that, you know, we're going to open source it, right? And uh, yep. that's, that's almost like an open source first policy on most of the ways to interface to our products, right? So, yeah. It makes a lot of sense from, from VMware's perspective because especially if you consider things like, like sample code that use VMware APIs, those are extensions of our products in the customer's domain. That means that it belongs in the customer's domain, not necessarily in VMware's control. You know, it should be open source by, by definition. And it's really has been exciting to see us bringing on a um, Dirk Hondell, our, our chief open source officer who has loads and loads of uh, open source community experience is really helping us sort of groom across the organization a real intentional involvement with open source where we're, we're one at a time looking at things that are SDKs that it's like, okay, well this, let, let's, let's get this in the open source so that other people can actually extend it and build on it and maybe take it in directions that we hadn't even, you know, anticipated and do really, because ultimately we want the customers to be successful and they're going to be that if they're able to really use the products in a, in a great way. Okay, the next question I have, and I mean, I'll let Tim jump in if he wants to anytime anybody else has a question here, but I'm just running through the questions in my head. One of them is, you know, you talk about IDEs and that integration to magically be able to just go pull some set of code from sample exchange and that, that yep. engagement. Is, is that a reality? You know, I, I'm a little skeptical on that. Like, um, have you tried to do this yet? And do you have a particular IDE that you're, you're going to start out with to try to make something like this work? I've got a couple of proof of concepts that do it. I, I did, uh, for example, one of the, um, there's actually a sample on sample exchange that is a set of PowerShell scripts that provide an extension to the Microsoft's PowerShell ISC integrated little scripting environment that, that a lot of IT folks use for, for writing PowerShell scripts because it's it's free and it actually comes with like Windows 10, um, for example. So, so that, I wrote a little little extension that uses the sample exchange APIs and it gives you a pop-up box that lets you see a list of PowerShell samples. You can select one and then it pastes it in your clipboard. It's super simple and it's pretty trivial. I mean, it's all of about 600 lines of code because it just was not that hard to do, but it shows the power, potential power of integrating that into any editor that, that you want. And that really is where I'm hoping to go is that um, one of the, the projects that I've got going on is, is actually an integration for, for both API Explorer and Sample Exchange into Eclipse. And so 
I'm going to actually create an open source plugin that provides the ability to interface or to, to get lists of samples and APIs and all of that in Eclipse itself that any, any you know, VMware customer or whatever can, can use free uh, of charge. And that, that's coming at some point. I don't know when it's going to actually hit the road here, but I actually have to write the code before I can release it. Right. <laughs> but, well, that was going to be my question. Until you get Eclipse, you're, you're not there there. But if you got that on your, in your mind and you're going to do something like that, I think that makes yep. that vision kind of real. So that's yeah. pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. That's well, and we, well, you know, I wanted to do Eclipse first because that, that's the one that I use a lot of time. But it isn't what, you know, just everybody has different ideas of IDEs that they like. Some people like, you know, IntelliJ or whatever other kind of tool they want. And I, I'd like to be able to enable integrations into all that. And the reality is, is if somebody looks at the code because the plugin I'm going to write is going to be open source, if somebody looks at it and says, hey, that's not all that complicated, I could actually integrate that into whatever editor in just a few minutes. Fantastic. You know, more power to them. That, that is what we want to see. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm at the site um, just looking at the Take the Tour button, but I also see requests. So maybe we should take a moment to talk. What is requests? Do you get requests? What's that like? What does that work? How does that work? So the idea with requests, of course, is that we wanted to create a, a whole life cycle where if there wasn't a sample that, that, that was exactly what somebody wanted, they could actually create a request for a particular sample. And then presumably uh, somebody could see that, and if there, if there was, say, an internal VMware engineer or somebody else who had actually some experience with uh, implementing a solution for that request, then somebody else could actually post a solution that links to a sample. So that then we sort of get this, this round-trip life cycle of, of requests resulting in uh, samples that are added eventually. Um, so is, are you doing a little crowd, crowd, crowd sourcing there on, That's right. on code requirements? And uh, are you going to build like a payment, micropayment engine in there? So, you know, when anybody <laughs> uses my API, I get, I get a quarter penny or something like that. <laughs> right? like, I, I like I'm that. joking, but uh, I like the idea of crowdsourcing, you know, community requests. That's, that's always neat to do. I assume yep. that's a relatively new feature, so we should probably give you a year before we dump a cup of water on your tiny little fire, right, that, that, that right. goes there. Has anybody tried to use that yet? Has that, have well, you seen a, a, round, few people a round trip yet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we've had, we've had uh, like right now there I think is only 22 open requests, and out of that we, we've had probably five samples contributed. The hardest part yes. with that is yes. actually is, is community involvement, is people is sure. figuring out how somebody can actually be notified that, that there is a request for something there. Um, there is actually, I mean, there's, there's integrated into the site too. There, there are links for like, um, you can get an RSS feed for a particular search criteria. If any search criteria you want on the right under that little drop down you were talking about that says sort by with popularity or whatever, you can, there's another thing for samples and requests that is an RSS icon as well as a um, there's a, you know, click to notify me, which basically says, you know, if something changes in this search, send me an email, you know, up to once a day. And you can define as many of those as you want, which is cool because it gives you a way to say, hey, I'm interested in a particular platform or a particular product. You do a search for that, 
And then if anything, like a new sample for example, or a new request matches that, it will actually send you an email or you can be notified via an RSS feed. So I mean that, that is, is our attempt so far at pulling people into that life cycle. Um, we need to do better. I mean, uh, frankly, it just there's there's lots of ways that we could do this. I mean, Tim was mentioning Slack a little little bit ago, and it occurs to me that boy, it would be nice if you know on a particular Slack channel, every time that a new sample was created or something, you you could get some no, bit of notifications there, and those are things that we could easily do, and most certainly should, so that we you know enable just more participation in the whole life cycle. Yeah, we're starting to, uh, I just sent a, a newsletter this morning to our community email newsletter, and we're starting to feature um, sample exchange related content. Um, so that's definitely part of it. So leading up to VMworld, I think what we want to see is uh, get some of those numbers up and, and, and collect more um, um, stories of people that, you know, can, can, can vouch for this as, as something that helps them with their work. So. Yeah, that's great. Nice, nice. So Aaron, are you going to, you know, we're running up to near the top of the hour. Uh, the time goes by on these podcasts pretty quickly. Uh, are you going to be able to make it to VMworld? Uh, uh, what's, your, what's your plans there? Any plans there? I, I'm hoping to. There, There's All a tentative right. plan to, to be there. So I certainly, I love it. You know, I love being able to uh, rub shoulders with the people in the trenches that are actually using the products and find out how we can do a better job of, of uh Engaging, so I would love to. Be well, there. I know that I, I know that we're going to have some VMTN tech talks in the uh, VMTN community booth this year, uh, run by V Brownbag. Maybe we can get you there and get you to do a talk so that the community that's listening to this can can make it there and uh, say hello to you and you know get to know you in person because uh, I think that you've been spending quite a bit of your time and energy building this for us and I think it's super cool and I I thank you for doing it. It enables sharing and I love the sharing community. So you should definitely, if you're going to be there um, and if you're not going to be there, come talk to us because maybe we can get you a a flight and a, and a a day pass and, you know, some place to camp out. Right. Sounds great. I'm sure we can, we can, we can bunk you up somewhere and get you, get you there for the day or a two day thing just so that you can meet the community and say hello to everybody because you know, you're doing it, and I don't know how many people you've got on the list uh, that have done uploads, but my guess is you probably have maybe 50 or 60 people out there that have done some uploads, so yep. we appreciate it. Yep, very good. Uh, I know you're kind of on Twitter, but not a big giant Twitter guy because you're an engineer and you're writing code, but uh, <laughs> we'll do that. a shout-out <laughs> anyway. What, what should people follow? How should people get in touch with you? What's the best way to be in dialogue? Uh, Twitter's fine. I, I again, I'm kind of a Twitter newbie. Uh, my my Twitter handle is Ride in Dirt because I like dirt bikes. Has nothing to do with software, but I like dirt bikes. So there you go. So unique name that'll 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 fly. So Ride at Ride in Dirt. Ride yes. in Dirt. Yeah, Twitter.com/slash Ride in Dirt or at Ride in Dirt. All one word, lowercase, no problems. So follow you follow you there and. Uh, and then tweet at you, and, and you'll, you'll pay attention now and then, I assume. Absolutely. Nice. Also, uh, you're part of the community, so you can probably go, go message you on the community as well and go to code.vmware.com and look at the samples and put some comments out there. I'm sure you read most of the comments as well. Indeed, I do. Very good. Very good. Tim, anything, any last things for Aaron before we, uh, we finish things up? 
Uh, no, it's great to have you on. Uh, I, I am super excited about this sample exchange. I think we can, uh, we're seeing the signs so that there are some people actually uh, uh, using it and, and, and really enjoying it and having this, availability, this, this tool available at their fingertips. And we're just uh, going to work hard to get more, um, more stores to, to, until we hit the VM world. Yeah, we definitely have to have your internet this at the, at the hackathon. So definitely yeah. we're oh, have to get to you know, have you there. Um, we're going to have the, the, the code pieces um, yeah. well, in, sure in sample exchange for the hackathon. So uh, it would be great to have you there. You can sign autographs, you know. That's, that's what we do. And I know, Tim, we're going to have some new code shirts at the hackathon so we can have Aaron sign it, right? You know, put your code here. Your code sucks, Aaron. You know, write something like that. That would be good. Uh, I'm getting excited. This is going to be good stuff. I know Alan and uh, William are both going to be there. They're excited. We'll get you here, Aaron, as well, because you're going to be a part of this. We're going to use Sample Exchange for part of it. So really Love cool. It. Well, look yep. forward to it, Eric. Thanks, thanks, Eric. Thanks, yep. Tim. Yep, thanks for all your work. And uh, thanks, everybody else. Um, we'll, we'll be back again next week. We've got a new... Um, community manager that joined our team, Elsa Mayer. She's running the blog program now, so we'll have her on next week and get to hear from her on what's happening with the blog program and the RSS feeds and all things happening with blogs as we lead up to VMworld. So come back again next week. We'll have Elsa on the show uh, as well as other cool guests. So thanks for everybody being on the live chat. As always, Andy, thanks for being here. He was here for a while. Tony, Thanks a lot, uh, and, and others. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll be here again next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.